Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. This week, again, it's just Alice and Oscar joining you. And we've got quite a few shows to do this week. We've got Waitress, which the two of us went to see, the musical in the West End that's come over from Broadway. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which is a new musical at the Southwark Playhouse currently running. Drag Becomes Her, which is uh, stars some of the stars of RuPaul's Drag Race, the TV show. They brought a show over based on the film Death Becomes Her, which I'm very excited to hear about. Alice. And finally, Coral Brown, This Fucking Lady. Um, Oscar? Which, that's what it's called, although it's no. done with little stars. So oh. this effing lady at the King's Head Theatre. Good to say, I mean, language. Mum well, might be listening. That's what it's called, and that she was a foul-mouthed old broad. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. I wish I could have gone. So last week, when uh, you came over, we sat on my bed, and we had the lovely blankie. Mm-hmm. This week, we're at my table, which I've just polished for you. I'm slightly high from the fumes <laughs> of Mr. Muscle. I mean, it's a, it's a strong smell. <laughs> the varnish is um, it's gleaming, but I did overdo it slightly. But it's really making reminding me of when we were younger, and we had that dining room that had the wooden floorboards and we used to love polishing it mm-hmm. and then we'd polish it so much that it was really dangerous to walk on yeah. with bare feet and then we used to make mum pretend that she was Miss Hannigan oh yeah and we'd have rags and she'd come in yes. and she'd go clean up your pig's droppings <laughs> and we just thought it was so funny but then I think sometimes we had friends over and I don't think they really got it I mean what child wouldn't want to put on a tape of Annie and shine the floors of somebody else's house. I mean... Those were simpler times. Yeah, those were the days. A glimpse into our lives and why we are the way we are. (laughs) Says a lot. Okay, so let's go straight into my top tip. My top tip this week is a show that will be running at the King's Head Theatre. It's called Southern Bells. It's two plays. Both plays are one act each and they're written by Tennessee Williams. And... The reason that I was kind of excited about this is that it's directed by Jamie Armitage, who is the co-director of the smash hit musical Six, which we love. We're obsessed with it, and so is everybody else. And you found out this week that they're performing at the Britain's Got Talent on Sunday. Tuesday, on the Tuesday night. Yeah, which will probably have already been on by the time this podcast is being listened to. But that just goes to show how massive it is. Oh yeah, they're they're huge. And it's just opened in Chicago, an American production. Oh. So it's doing a short run in Chicago and then maybe, hopefully they've got their eyes on going to New York at some point or touring America. But yeah, it's doing so well. So that's why I was kind of like, oh, that sounds good. If if he's involved, you know. And the other thing I was excited about the show is that they're doing a Sunday matinee at three o'clock. Oh, we like those. Oh, I love a Sunday matinee. Especially at the King's Head because it's a pub theatre it's quite a nice place to go have a drink watch the show yeah and they do a lot of sort of um queer theatre and Mm. this is both of these plays are obviously a lot of Tennessee Williams work has kind of gay undertones because of his life as a closeted homosexual one of these plays in fact was never staged in his lifetime due to its uh openly gay characters Mm. and I think that's just so sad isn't it yeah but also kind of amazing that we're living in a age where they're doing a, a huge queer season at the yeah, King's yeah. Theatre and I'm that really is amazing. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and tickets, cheap. Usually tickets are very cheap. Band A is £19.50. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And it's such a great space. It's tiny and it's intimate and it's in, in the back of a pub so you can take your drinks in. Yeah. And, you know, Tennessee Williams. Boom, boom, boom. Love it. Book it. So Southern Bells at the King's Head Theatre starts on July the 24th. Tickets are on sale now. They're very reasonable. 
and we are excited to see that show. Very excited. Now to a show that I've been excited to see for a long time, which is Waitress. Oh, forever we've been talking about yeah. going to see this. I've been listening to the soundtrack of Waitress for a long time, since it opened on Broadway a few years back, and it's finally come to London this year. Um, why don't you... If people don't know what Waitress is, what's the sort of... The, can you tell us what the story of Waitress is? So it's about a lady who works in a pie shop and she um, she makes these pies and she's been making the pies since a young age because her mum... She had an abusive father and her mum would take her... When her father got drunk, she would take her into the kitchen and they would make pies to sort of pass the time and they'd sing songs together. And it was a very... Um, it's, it's a coping mechanism really for mm-hmm. her, isn't it? And she is now um, in a relationship with an abusive... Um, partner and she's pregnant and she's stuck and she doesn't know where to turn and she's she's really low she's actually Mm -hmm. very low isn't she and she starts making cakes um and she enters a competition and the prize to win uh, if you win this competition means that she would have the means to escape this life essentially and she has two best friends that work in the diner with her Mm -hmm. and they're called dawn and becky becky is played by marisha wallace and has a great number that I, when I was watching it, I was like, Oscar is going to love this. Yeah, she and she's from Dream Girls. She was the oh. replacement Effie after Amber Riley was in it. So that's why her voice is incredible. Oh yeah, I knew you'd love that. Yeah. The other, the other um, interesting casting in it is the there's a sort of comedy comedy role, isn't there? Oh yeah, um, Ogie, who is played by Jack McBrayer, who if anyone has seen Thirty Rock, he played Kenneth, and he's basically playing a version of Kenneth yeah. in this. He's like super goofy. Really, like, he's such a great comic actor, and he kind of plays a suitor for Dawn, who is the other best friend, who is played by Laura Baldwin, and she's sort of very shy and nervous, and so it's kind of, yeah, we're looking at all these three, these three women, really, in the central part of it, Mm. but they're all kind of breaking free in some way of their, where we find them at the beginning of the show. Yeah, and it's, it is a very, uh, fun, fun musical, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Like, music is by Sarah Borales, who, if people know her, she's a pop star, um, writes kind of poppy piano led sort of music. It is a very poppy musical, I would yeah, say. Yeah, very poppy. And the star of the show um, currently is Catherine McPhee. She was a runner up on American Idol. Um, and in Smash, the TV show. And and she's been in a few things, hasn't she? Yeah. And she is a, such a fantastic singer. Her mum was a vocal coach on um, American Idol. So mm. she's had a very, she's gone to drama school. She's obviously had an incredible training and that is I'd say the sort of biggest thing that I took away from this was how fantastic her voice is there is not a bum note it is crystal clear oh see I did not see her when I went <gasps> yeah I didn't have Catherine McPhee no McFever on my night Why? she was off she went on holiday did you know that one? no I did not know that going in so when obviously when the you know curtain comes up and it's not Catherine McPhee you kind of hear that sort of hubbub in the audience people are like is that Catherine McPhee I don't think it is not that she's the biggest star in the UK. I'm sure not everyone's going to see Catherine McPhee, but a lot of the people obviously were kind of... So we had Sarah O'Connor, who is one of the understudies or swings, and she was really good, actually. Like, kind of within the first sort of song, you're like, okay. She's fine. She's got a good voice. She's a good actress. And I mean, I don't know, other than seeing Smash, I'm not sure what Catherine McPhee's acting is like on the stage, but I thought Sarah O'Connor was actually a really good actress and the kind of quirky... Because, you know, it's based on a sort of indie film and... It's sort of, Sarah Bareilles is quite sort of quirky. It's got a quirky book by, who did the book? Um, Jesse Nelson. And it's sort of got that sort of quick fire kind of funny Mm. dialogue. And I thought she handled that really well. Well, that's an interesting point you made about the acting. Because 
Catherine McPhee's acting, I would say, was not my... Um, you know, I found it kind of I found it a little bit problematic because I felt like she'd had quite a lot of work done to her face, and so that I didn't. I was sat. I was sat on row A. I could see every expression. There were none. Yeah, just a still face. It's a still face. It's be. I mean, you can't take your eyes off it. It's a little bit like you know, like the Kardashians have these diamond faces, and you can't. They're sort of like mm. it's like watching a cartoon. She is perfect looking. Yeah, but. And her voice was amazing. It was just, it, the whole thing was perfect, but you you never got that kind yeah. of angst or she just... Or even the moments with the doctor. So we should say she goes to an OBGYN and they kind of start having this relationship, basically, this sort of a spark between them. He's a much nicer man than her husband and he's quite awkward and and he was played by David Hunter. I thought he was very good with the comedy kind of elements of it. And I thought him and Sarah O'Connor, who I saw, worked really well together and that was a very believable chemistry they had. And there were some really big laughs from their interactions and the nurse... All those kind of lines got really big laughs. I mean, I think some of, for me, having obviously listened to it so much and kind of really liked the music and imagined what it would be like, some of the dialogue or some of the sort of acting scenes were, some of them went a bit, were a bit cheesy, maybe, or... A bit cheesy and a bit... A bit, a bit obvious. Nothing's yeah. implied, it's all explained. It's better when the music does the, does the heavy lifting dramatically. But the music is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. My criticism is on the night I went, from most of the cast, the diction was really not very good. Oh. My friend who I was with had never listened to the soundtrack, and for a lot of the songs from the first half, she said she didn't hear a single word. Was it too loud? Because it mm, all mic'd Possibly. Up. Maybe the band was too loud, but I also was just... I know the words, and the sum of the diction was just poor. Oh. And I think that's just from everyone. That's like... A lo- well, not everyone. A lot of the cast... The central cast, a lot of the, a lot of lines were missed. Even by I, I knew what they were, but I could hear that they were missed. Oh. And I think that's kind of disappointing. And someone needs to be going in there and tightening that up because it's not good enough. Because I've seen a million shows where that's not an issue. Think of Hamilton; the lyrics are twice the speed, and yet you hear every single one mm-hmm. because someone is obviously in there drilling mm-hmm. that, making sure that everyone is hitting it. And in this, I think often people are maybe know the songs too well or are trying to hit those notes too big and forgetting to actually at the end of that huge note you've got to round it off so we know what that word is ariana grande yeah (laughs) you can't just wail it and then just let it go yeah you have to clip it off at the end so i know what the end of that word is because otherwise people aren't going to know so that was a bit of a letdown they need mcphee's mother exactly get miss mcphee in yeah she needs to come down and sort these guys because the quality of the voices was fantastic the singing is great just some of the diction i was just a bit disappointing but maybe that was a second row thing maybe if you went a bit further back it would i don't know but i think it is really good fun i think it's really good fun it's a crowd pleaser don't go on your own it's uh, in my opinion it's it's one of those things it's like team turner it's so much fun that you want to be there with somebody yeah don't you? Yeah, definitely. So let's just quickly talk about, about tickets. The show is running until October, and it might even extend beyond that, I would have mm-hmm. thought. It's so popular. So you've got a lot of time to see it. Oscar and I went and got our seat. We went and did day seats. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, f- talk about fantastic value. The box office opens at 10, and they're £25, and they are good seats, aren't they? Yeah, I was I was row B, second row back, or maybe I it's was, called A. Yeah, I was row A. Um, and, yeah, really good view, up close. Um, occasionally, they'll have some further back. And also there is the Today Ticks Rush, which is also 10am on the app. And they tend to be dotted around a bit more yeah. um, in the theatre. But again, £25. So I sat in seat A9 and I paid £25. Mm-hmm. The seat next to me, £72.50. Yeah, 
I mean, good. they're fantastic. Good value if you can do it, or if you can get on the app and be quick. And yeah, if you haven't got the uh, the willpower to do today ticks, or if you haven't got the flexibility to go into work late and go and um, go and do the day seats, which mm -hmm. really is uh, such good good value, I would recommend booking um, seats at the end of row B and C. Mm -hmm. They're calling them restricted view, and um, they're fifty two pounds fifty, so they've been discounted. Okay. And I was there, and I thought you're not actually missing that much. No. I think no, because really the good show value. is quite centrally performed. You've only yes. got the sort of, and the scenery is quite flat, so everything's kind of forward. So I yeah. don't think you'd miss a lot. So Waitress the Musical is running at the um, Adelphi Theatre yep. until October. Uh, October. So shall I make? Um, in the show, she obviously makes all these lovely pies, oh. and when you go into the theatre, they sell pies, which I've heard mixed reviews on, by the way. But the smell <laughs> of them is lovely. You can smell it when you go in. I thought that was a cool touch. Um, so I'm going to do a pie-themed cocktail. So this is our waitress-inspired cocktail, which is the... I'm thinking of calling it the deep shit blueberry martini. Because remember at the beginning of the show, her first pie, he says, what's the pie of the day? And she says, it's deep shit blueberry pie. And then she says, oh, shit. sorry, it's a deep dish blueberry pie. Oh... But I don't know whether that sounds too appealing to drink. Do you want some my deep shit blueberry martini? Maybe I'll just call it the deep dish blueberry martini. And so this is basically like a blueberry pie martini. Mm. So it's made with you to smash up blueberries with lemon juice. Then you want to use like either vodka and some Galliano vanilla liqueur. Or you can buy like vanilla vodkas, you know, like absolute do vanilla vodka. Ooh. Stolly do with vanilla vodka. Oh, yes. So use Stolly do a lovely one. Yeah, so use vanilla vodka, um, blueberries, lemon juice, um, shake it on ice, and then you do your little biscuit rim by just rubbing your lemon around the rim of your glass and then crunch up some digestive biscuits like a pie crust or what Americans would call it a pie looks crust. So cool. And then you dip your glass in it so you've got a lovely biscuity rim. Um you could even do like a pinch of cinnamon maybe to make it even more pie like, but I think just the vanilla and blueberry. It's very strong. Mmm, it's a lot of vodka. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's it... martini. It's got to be got to be strong. Okay. But yeah, you could make it weaker, I think, maybe if you used... Instead of just smashing blueberries, you used blueberry juice. Mmm, I think... Like some blueberry juice. I think a bit of blueberry juice in this would be, yeah. would be good, because I'm going to be smashed just <laughs> on that. Yum. So, that's our waitress cocktail. Well done. You can drink this while listening to the podcast or listening to Waitress, the soundtrack, like I do often. <laughs> so, moving on to another musical... And a much smaller in scale musical than even Waitress, I went to see The Curious Case of Benjamin Button at this Southwark Playhouse. And obviously people know this story. It's a F. Scott Fitzgerald, I think it's a short novel. Um, it was adapted into a film with Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. And it's about a man who ages backwards. So he's born as an old man and then throughout his life he gets younger and younger and younger and then turns into a baby. Um, so for this version, they have set it in Cornwall, in a Cornish, small Cornish town, and it's got music and lyrics by Darren Clark and book and lyrics by Jethro Compton. And it is a small cast of five actor musicians. It's Matt Burns, Joey Hickman, James Marlowe, Rosalind Ford, and Philippa Hogg. And they all play instruments from cello, violin, accordion, piano, drums... So talent, like when that when they came out and they were all. I don't. I don't think I knew that it was an actor musician-y kind of show. No. So when they all came out with these instruments, I was just like, "Yes, I'm in." 
because the sound they created and it's obviously because it's sort of set in Cornwall they've gone for a kind of folky Celtic sort of style of song and obviously that lends itself really well to this kind of tale because it becomes like a sort of folk tale of you know let me tell you the tale of Mm. this man who aged and it's got this lovely folky Celtic vibe and just it went down so well I was lucky enough to go to the press night Madeline saw one of the previews and she was the one that was like you have to see this whatever you do so I managed to get a press ticket, which I was very pleased with. I love it when somebody sends you a message saying, you have to see this show, because you know, it's like, if, if you're messaging somebody that much, yes. it's like, I really, really, really want you to see this. And it was, it was fantastic. Really, really brilliant. Just, I'm still sort of in awe of their, the performances. So they all play multiple characters, apart from James Marlowe, who is kind of Benjamin throughout um, although Benjamin starts as a puppet, like an old man puppet, which is really cool, kind of made out of almost things you would find in the sea, bits of wood and plastic bottles. Ooh. And then when he becomes a man, James Marlowe plays him. And then the other actors play all the other characters throughout his life. And this obviously spans a huge part of his life. There's a main love interest who start is played by one person to begin with. I think it was Philippa Hogg, if I've got these actors' names right. He goes off to war, and when he comes back, she's aged, and obviously he's aged the other way around. And oh. then they swap actresses so that you kind of get a sense of the, the fact that she's changed. Um, so then I think Rosalind Ford plays her in the sort of second half of the show. And they were all... The performances were just so engaging, so likeable. The chemistry was incredible between all of them. I think they've obviously really worked on this together and because they're all playing instruments together they are the band they're everything they're the full show so I think it really creates a lovely cohesive kind of community yeah Yeah. you just really feel they've all got each other's backs and the chemistry is just brilliant and the songs are great it's kind of yeah I'm interested to hear about the songs because I can imagine Ben I can I can imagine this as a play I couldn't really imagine how you do it as a musical well if you think about Cornish folk songs or Celtic folk songs they kind of tell these tale you know telling the tale of something so they're all kind of you know, moments of it almost sounded quite contemporary in a kind of Mumford and Sons or Ed Sheeran. A lot of the songs I thought, kind of the more ballady songs, could definitely be almost mm. an Ed Sheeran song. Yeah, I think it just really gave it an extra sense of like pathos, maybe, and kind of mythology and hearkening back to a kind of different time and spanning the life of this character. It sounds like it just totally worked. It worked on every level. Yeah. Really clever staging, simple staging, you know, a bar scene they do with two tankards and just a plank of wood. Just that bit of choreography was just, like, made everyone laugh. Just really charming little trap doors that open in the wooden set. Um, a beautiful set with kind of, like, um I saw fishing the photo on Instagram yeah. and it looked really Fishing amazing. nets hung from the roof with fairy lights in them. Just really, it was just really... Um, Mum would love this. Really char- so charming. And the talent on stage was just, I think, everyone in the audience was totally blown away by the cast. Just because they sort of, they were just so engaging and so talented to play accordion and cello and it created you know like we we're saying with a more uh, charing cross yes. which we really liked but we felt that the band maybe lacked a bit of depth and roundness yeah this with just five people because you have an accordion a cello drums like you can create a really rich sound and stamping and banging on you know they have a sort of box that they bang on for percussion just creates a really full sound so some really great kind of rousing numbers if you go on the southwark playhouse youtube page you can see a clip of one of the songs and it kind of gives you a sense I think it's one of the more kind of Mumford and Sonsy <laughs> sort of songs but I just loved it and this is definitely my kind of top recommendation for the moment I've been telling everyone that I've talked to 
you know, when people say, what have you seen? This is the show that I am really, really passionate about at the moment. Oh, and I kind of Oscar. Think, you I are just, loving it. Yeah. It's just theatre, like pure theatre, seeing people use puppets so well, seeing people play instruments, seeing people Talent. create sets, seeing people just change a bit of costume and then suddenly they're another character. I think it makes you feel connected to something. Yeah. I think it makes you feel more involved, more involved and more connected. Oh yeah, and... the audience was so behind this. Yeah. Like you could tell the atmosphere in the room was like everyone was behind it, everyone was totally drawn into it. Big laughs, big sort of emotional moments that totally landed. I think I have to go and see this show now. I really think you do. And you don't have that long. It runs until the 8th of June. And tickets are only £22. And it's unallocated seating. So you don't have to worry about... You just book your £22 tickets and then you get there and get early if you want to get in. But it's uh, seating on three sides, small space. You'd have a brilliant view, really, wherever you sat. As I mentioned, Madeline had already been to see The Curious Case of Benjamin Button before I had, and obviously she couldn't be here for this recording, but um, I really wanted to hear what she had to say about it, because she was the one that recommended it to me. And so, this is what Madeline thought. I have never been so glad that I got a ticket for a show in a very long time. It is 100% my best show of 2019 so far. I I feel like I'm going to make this prediction now. This is like, what, end of May. I still feel like this will be my show of 2019. It is the five actors on stage, um, two girls, three guys. They are all phenomenal. We've talked previously in the podcast about how people need to be, you know, you previously, you would just be a triple threat. So you'd be, I can sing, I can act, I can dance. And we've talked about how people now it's like you have to have more skills and you have to maybe sort of play an instrument or do some acrobatics or something. These five actors are unbelievably multi-talented, like completely awe-inspiring levels of talent. They are all playing multiple instruments. They do all dance. They're doing puppetry work. They were just uh, so, so well cast. I... I cannot say anything that was wrong with this play. It is a bit long, but you are so in it. You just want it to keep going. It's emotional. It's a complete emotional roller coaster. It's incredibly touching. It's incredibly thought-provoking. I, I can't rave about this show enough. I feel like I'm getting in touch with people I haven't spoken to in ages just to recommend this show to them. Love the music. I've been humming them. Um, I've looked up to try and listen to some of the soundtrack because the songs are brilliant, which is so rare for a kind of a new musical that you think, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of sort of like crapple songs. No, brilliant songs. Um, and I think the chance that this is going to be one of these ones that will, or show that will like transfer to the West End and you can say, oh, I saw it first in this tiny wee space. And, you know, you can be one of those really obnoxious people that says something like that. See this show. It's an absolute work of brilliance. So thank you very much for that, Madeline. Um, that was Madeline's review of Benjamin Button, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And as you can tell, she liked it. Very, very much. So yeah, thanks for your review, Madeline. Um, she loved it just as much as I did. And it's on till June 8th at the Southwark Playhouse. Tickets £22. So book now. It's an absolute hidden gem of a show and I can't recommend it enough. Alice, you went to see something last night, which I was really annoyed I couldn't come <laughs> and see as well because... It was totally out of the blue, wasn't it? I yeah. messaged you going, guess what I'm going to go and see tonight? Drag becomes her. 
and you were like, oh, I'm really jealous, I want to go. So jealous. So I was getting my hair done at um, my house and my hairdresser said, oh, have you heard of this show? It's on and you showed me a photo of it and I was like, how has this gone under my radar? Yeah, has slipped us by. And it's called Drag Becomes Her and it features two drag queens that have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. Did one of them win? I think one of them won. Yeah, um, Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon won. And they're doing a parody of the film Death Becomes Her, which Oscar and I love. Love that film. Who Oscar's doesn't? actually got a framed poster of it in his house. I do. And Goldie Horn's in it. She's Mel fantastic. Streep. Mel Streep's in it. It's it's fantastic. It's such yeah, it's a like great a film. Camp classic kind yeah. of. They don't make them like that anymore. They don't. It's a great film because it's kind of got a bonkers plot. Yeah, it's totally it? bonkers about two women who drink a potion that will give them eternal life but it means they can't die and then yeah. they're fighting each other and trying to kill each other but they won't die it's absolutely not they just don't make films like that anymore it's always got to be about like something really serious now like really marley and me anyway so uh i thought we've got to get tickets um my friend from new york was in town i thought this could be a perfect thing to go to mm. it's in the soho theater it's on at 9 p.m this is going to be great called up it's sold out so they said call back later that's us at three. Call back at four. Still sold out. Call mm. back at 5.30. Four tickets have been returned. No. I said, I'll buy them. So I said to the guys, look, we need to we need to go down and have drinks beforehand because this is the sort of show that you want to have a few oh, drinks. Oh, yeah, it's a drag yeah. show, yeah. We sit down, we've got our drinks, and the show starts, and it starts with like a film, which is quite fun, like a little film that they've made, and then they sort of come on and they... So sorry, we should say it's Jinx Monsoon and the other queen we didn't mention was Ben De La Creme. And, oh my God, Oscar, you would you would love it because not only do you love the, the film Death Becomes Her, but you love Drag Race and there is a lot of Drag Race references in this. Oh, so at okay. one point in the film, do you remember she goes to um, a rehab mental institution mm-hmm. and she sort of sat there in group therapy. Yep. One of the people in group therapy has a... Um, a red sequined ballet, um, sort of mask over face just covering. Oh, face like covering. Valentina. And they're like, you need to take the mask off. No, I don't want to. I'd rather keep it on. And <laughs> if you don't, yeah. if you, if you haven't seen that series of Drag Race, you wouldn't get that reference. Okay. And there's a yeah. lot of stuff in there. A lot yeah. of stuff. And I thought, well, if this one for Drag Race fans, it really is. Jinx Monsoon, I think she loves the film Death Becomes Her. And you can tell that she's just like things that, do you remember Meryl Streep's chest is so white mm-hmm. and when she's picking off the skin? Oh, yes. The way she sort of the way stands. She's, yes. The costumes are on point. <clears throat> she's made her her chest so white. And I was like, that is exactly... And her physical comedy is fantastic. So in the film, when they're bashing each other's heads, mm-hmm. she leans straight back and she sort of adjusts her wig. And you think... You, yeah. the physical comedy is fantastic. The relationship... She's very good at those observational... Yes. I mean, that's why her Snatch Game was... The best. Who did she do in Snapchat? She did Little Edie from Grey Gardens. Oh, of course. Just, Legendary. Yeah. So it's just really, it was just so fun. I don't want to tell you anymore because okay. I know you're going to go. I would love to go. I'm going to try to go next week. Um, when's it on till? So it's now moved from the, so- um, the Soho Theatre. To the Leicester Square. To the Leicester Square Theatre. Okay. It starts uh, there on the 29th of May until the 1st of June. That is only so five like performances. Yeah. Okay. They've all sold out except for the so. performance on Saturday the 1st of June. Go see the show. My face, like, afterwards was hurting because I couldn't stop laughing. Well, let's move on from drag queens and high camp to... No! To uh, another sort of, I guess, sort of a gay icon in some circles and quite a camp theatrical woman. So I went to see, with Ruby, a show at the Kingshead Theatre called Coral Brown, This 
effing lady. Mm-hmm. And this is the story of actress Coral Brown, who was an Australian actress who came over to London when she was, I think, 19 with her mum and kind of became a sort of star of the stage um, in the 1940s, then went on to star in some sort of film roles. She did Auntie Mame um, with uh, Rosalind Russell. Um, and so sort of had a, quite a large amount of fame, but hasn't been necessarily remembered as much. So this kind of show has been put together by Maureen Sherlock, who's written and directed it. And it's a one-woman show. And we have Amanda Muggleton playing Coral Brown. And she's kind of packing up her house because a sort of a museum in Melbourne wants some of her belongings from her career. So she kind of talks us through her career. It's that kind of show. And she starts at the beginning, her, you know, early days in Australia and takes us through. And it's basically just full of kind of anecdotes from her life. Her personality, I think, is why Maureen Sherlock's obviously been drawn to her. And Barry Humphrey spoke at her funeral and gave a eulogy in the, I think she died in 1990 or something. Um, Because she was just this great character and she had affairs with Maurice Chevalier. She was quite, obviously quite saucy and quite foul-mouthed, so... In, throughout the show, she'll, you know, drop the F-bomb quite a lot and talk about her, she you know, sexual appetite. And she ended up marrying... Well, she married a gay man, actually. Um, and then he later died. She oh. then married Vincent Price, who's sort oh of a famous horror, you know, actor. Um, so she's had, yeah, a very colourful life and full of great anecdotes about Judy Dench and Maggie Smith and all these people that she would have come into contact with. And, yeah, so it's just a one-woman show straight through. I love... I love shows about people's lives a little bit like the life i lead you know about the man who played the father in the banks yes i just mr banks yeah i just love the fact that it's somebody who's had like a really interesting life and you know and you think i wish i could have met them Mm -hmm. and just like gone for a cup of tea and And these shows let you do that yes and it gives you an interesting insight also into just like london theater history because all these events if you're interested in them you're like oh so you know the first production of what the butler saw or all these reference points that people will find interesting if you have an interest in London theatre history and Hollywood mm. film history and stuff. Um, we saw it on the press night and I don't think they had very long to rehearse. And so Amanda Muggleton had to ask for prompts a couple of times. What? And to begin with, I thought that it was part of the show because she was a very, she's a very good actress and she kind of almost made... I was, I was this part of the show that she's sort of forgetting and she's sort of asking, breaking the fourth wall to sort of get prompts of her life because it's so hard to remember it all. But then I kind of realised that she basically, they just hadn't had enough time to rehearse this, unfortunately. And so her performance at moments came a bit hesitant as she had to just pause to remember a line or pause to ask for a prompt. And so it broke the momentum of what was this very um, charismatic and eloquent character. So that, that I think, affected the performance and its confidence. But in the interim moments... She was very good, and I think it's a very entertaining show. Um, it doesn't quite go deep enough, so it definitely needs more depth. It does skim the surface quite a lot. But the anecdotes are funny. The lines are funny. She is a good actress, apart from those moments. I'm sure by now it's got much better because they've done more performances, and it's only running till the 3rd of June. There's a couple of performances left. It's only on certain nights, so just check the website for that, tickets are only 18 quid. Is that at the King's Head Theatre? At the King's Head Theatre. Um, yeah, so that was Coral Brown, this effing lady, till the <laughs> 3rd of June at the King's Head Theatre. Tickets are 18 pounds. So that's all our shows. That's everything. It's been a good week. Um, only... Waitress, so enjoyable. Curious Case Benjamin, fantastic. You loved your Drag Becomes Her, which I will try and see. You need to try and see 
curious case, I think. So that's great that we've got two shows that we're both absolutely raving about. So, yeah. And do you know what I'm not raving about? I'm really, really annoyed that we didn't get tickets for Fleabag. I'm not. Why? I don't care. Oh, I love Fleabag, and I really wanted to see it on stage. And the tic- I was in like um, I was like number two thousand yeah. in the queue. Anyway, yeah. I really want to see it, and I will try and get day seats, and I'll be reporting live from the day queue. Yeah, there'll be there'll be options. It's just not. I don't think it's my cup of tea necessarily. But maybe it'd be interesting to see the stage version. I'm basing this based on the TV series only. Okay. So, and we Oscar. The other thing we need to remember next week is we must be on our game because. On uh, Monday the 3rd of June, they're releasing tickets for Prince of Egypt, which was a top tip last time. Mm-hmm. But I really, really want us to get tickets for that. There can be Yeah, and there's some affordable seats in that circle. And they're yeah. quite, um, it's a pretty good view in that theatre. There's no obstructions. I'm booking that 100%. Perfect. Do we have anything else we want to quickly discuss before we wrap up? That's everything, isn't it? Well, you went to see Death of a Salesman, but I don't want to talk about that because I'm going to go and see it next weekend. Oh, yes. I went to see Death of a Salesman, Marion Elliott, who did Company's new production, co-directed with Miranda Cromwell, and it's at the Young Vic. It has fully sold out. Um, So great reviews. Yeah, I'll just say that I thought it was really good, but we'll discuss it once you've seen it. Um, If people do want to try and go and see it, um, there are rush tickets. Oh. They release theirs on a Thursday on their website at 12pm. I did not know that. Yeah, so they're £10. Yeah, very good. So you can, I think it'll be a tough battle to get them. I think there'll be a high demand, but you can try that. Is it just for the day or is it for the, you know, the it's rush for the following week. For the following week's performance. You can pick yes. a day the following week to go and you can yes. go for £10. Yeah, and you do that every Thursday at 12pm on the website or you join the returns queue on the day before your performance, get there a couple of hours early. Join that returns queue. There was a queue when I went there. People do return tickets, as we know. You can get seats. And apparently, if you call them on the phone, call the box office, they have some restricted view seats held. So if you call and talk to someone, you can try and get a restricted view seat. Um, So parts of the set might be slightly obscured. But yeah, it's great. Read the reviews that have come out. But we'll have a lot of buzz around it. A lot of buzz around this production. I thought it was very good. Yeah. Um, But we'll have a We'll have a chat about it once you've seen yeah. it. See what we think. Okay, join us next time. And if you have any shows that you'd like us to see, please do um, get in touch with us on Instagram. Yeah, just leave a comment under one of our posts. Um, I'll be posting, obviously, a picture of the cocktail, the deep shit blueberry no, martini. The deep dish yes. blueberry martini. Follow us on Instagram. We're at Theatre Club Podcast. We're on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends to subscribe as well on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. And again, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Blueberry pie, bye-bye.